0: Good evening, everybody. This is Veronica Entwistle, and you have tuned in to Paradigm Shifters here on BBS Radio. And I have a wonderful, wonderful woman on the other line waiting to talk to you. She's the channel, Amaji, lovingly known as Amaji. She's the channel for Mafu, who's an enlightened being. And she's been channeling Mafu for 20-odd years and has taught us a great deal, has shifted the paradigm for many, many students. So welcome to the show, Amaji.
1: Veronica, it's so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, I also wanted to take a few moments just to thank all of your listeners um, for giving me the opportunity to speak with you about what we study and the philosophies that we practice. And I wanted to just say up front that um, I value and respect all philosophies, and so if anything I say offends anyone in any way, I just wanted to say up front that I truly do respect all paths, and I believe they all have value.
0: Wonderful, and I know that Mafu combines uh, universal principles no matter what path each of us adheres to, is that not right?
1: Ma- Mafu seems to combine most universal principles. I I study his wisdom um, with some theologians and kind of compare different religious studies to what he studies. And so far, it seems to me most of the um, spiritual paths I've looked at seem to concur together. All of the great masters, certainly the great masters that are coming through many great channels today, as well as far back as uh, you and I are able to read about We've all been influenced by the great universal truth.
2: We
0: sure have. One of the ones that you know, I was, I was watching the DVDs which you graciously sent me, and I have loved them. I've watched them a million times, I think. Oh, I'm but, so uh, glad. One, <laughs> one of the um, uh, the laws that is brought up a lot that I haven't heard on, on that, I haven't heard named that way is the law of self approval. Want to talk a bit about that? You know, I appreciate you asking
1: me about that. The law of self-approval is the first in a series of laws that bring us to what so many people today are so inspired by, which is the law of attraction. And what we have found in our studies, we've been working in meditation for, as you said, some 20-some years, and it'll be 22 years this June. And we've found that the law of attraction works best when we ourselves find self forgiveness, self approval, and the forgiveness of all others. When we can actually say, I am a worthy being, I am worthwhile, and we can take that the small ego of I'm worthwhile and the big ego of I'm worthwhile and go into the super consciousness ego of that greater spiritual side of Everything I've done brought me to where I am today, and that's what counts. And so I forgive myself for the choices that I've made that have harmed myself or anyone else, and I especially forgive anyone who has ever done anything that has harmed me in any way. And that forgiveness, that law of self approval, that I am really worth calling forth from manifest destiny, from what is to come, a change in what I was going to wear Tuesday because of karma, a change in those clothes, what was going to happen, a change in my financial situation, or a change in my romantic life or my spiritual awakening. This all comes from the ability to forgive ourselves and recognize ourselves as spiritual beings.
0: Wonderful. Um, I want to ask several things, but I'm going to start off with how did you begin to channel, Mafu, and I know you have your own very, very strong spiritual journey, so let's learn a little bit about you, if we can, thanks. <laughs>
1: Gosh, I haven't thought about those things in so many years. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, was, uh, I worked for the Los Angeles Police Department, and I had uh, had my baby and chose not to go back to work. Um, mm-hmm. I think once you become a mother, a lot of things change. (coughs) Excuse me. They sure do. They certainly do. And (laughs) my husband was still working for LAPD, and uh, some very peculiar things began happening around our home. Um, What I would now call uh, perhaps uh, mystical or uh, psychic experiences, psychic realities, and um, kinetic energetic things, things started moving on countertops as I would pass by. And um, being a very good Catholic, I, of course, thought because I had married divorced a divorced man, something uh, something was up in the heavens. I didn't have really an understanding of what I've come to understand now. And um, one day uh, I began having sort of automatic writings. And um, I was writing so rapidly, and the energy was coming through my body. I didn't understand it was automatic writings. Uh, and two wonderful people, Roseanne Ingraham and uh, Cynthia Lockery, assisted me in understanding those things. They're two magnificent channels on this planet and great vessels of peace. And but Tell me this. Were
0: you already a metaphysician, or were you already aiming in that direction? No,
1: I was very Catholic. <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> but, which for me, but I was very old-time Catholic, so I was very mystical in the sense that I, you know, I, I always believed the statues in church moved, and uh, I, I always, as a child, had experiences with what I believed were angels and the saints who I could sort of see out of the corner of my eye. So I think that um, I was probably always being groomed or guided or perhaps born in this lifetime with a gift of, um, of clear audio and clear visual of another side than the side we live on. And so, anyway, um, uh, we started to, t- my husband at the time, Tony, and I started to look for help, and we got help from these two wonderful women and um and then uh, one day Mafu appeared uh, to both of us. We were sitting, Tony was comforting me. I was very concerned about uh, some of the psychic visions I was having, and he was comforting me, and we were sitting on our, the edge of our bed, and the bed kind of came up and um, and then plopped back down, and Mafu appeared, and from then on, um, We both began seeing Mafu. My son began seeing Mafu. He began talking to us and explaining to us his purpose in coming and uh, requesting permission for me to be a channel, his channel. Mm. And that's how I met him. And it took me a long time, you know. It took me um, a long time, Veronica, in meditation and in serious... um, spiritual revelations and experiences to make peace with the Catholicism and the very militant family I grew up in, and make peace with how life is in truth with God, how we are all divine beings, and how we are all created of the same one. And, um, and, and here I am today, talking with you. So That's wonderful. I feel very happy. me,
0: this is a funny happy. question. What does Mafu look like? What did he look like to you? That's a great question too. Wow, I haven't been asked these questions in so long. Mafu. Well, we haven't had you as our wonderful guest before, so we got to start right at the beginning. No, this don't is we? terrific. This is great. <laughs> you know, whenever Mafu is about to come or is
1: leaving my presence, the light is so blinding. Um, I am unable to be present with myself. So I know he's going to come um, or that he's going to be leaving because I start losing the ability um, to be present with myself is the only way I can explain it. I, I, It's just the sound and the light is too bright. When Mafu appears in form for me, which I so graciously appreciate that he does, um, either... He he used to meet with me all the time in this world and still does occasionally. But now sometimes, thankfully, he sweeps me out of my own mind and into a, a much greater place where I study with him. Um, but he always appears the same. He's very beautiful. Uh, he has very long black hair, and um, which he often keeps back from his face. He looks um, sort of, Uh, indigenous, Indian to me, or Peruvian maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, In his facial features, they're very long, and his hands are very long. His hands always, to this day, kind of captivate me. They're very long, his hands and his fingers. And um, his body is also very... Um, I want to say the word yogic because I don't know another way to describe it. It's very sort of on the thinner side and very long and tall. And uh, he's very beautiful. And he becomes very substantial when he comes here to meet with me, as well as when uh, through sound, through mantra, he takes me to where I study with him. Um, He's very substantial. He's very Casual, very—he's very touchable, um, and and very present. So my experience with oh, him is very real.
0: And he's only been embodied what once? Or?
1: No, um, he had several lifetimes. Um, I think he had uh, seven lifetimes that he has talked openly about. Um, his last time was interestingly enough as a leper in Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Um, in which he learned to value more than himself. And he came here during a time uh, when people were fleeing the Pleiades during, um, I think, some warring conditions, uh, as he's described them. And he brought the people for whom he was like an overlord um, during a time when gods and men and gods and women sort of had a relationship that was different than uh, we have had, but we're beginning to have again. And when I say Mm -hmm. the word gods, I think of all of us as gods, but the ones who had self-realized. And um, he brought his people from Egypt, and um, I mean to Egypt, from a place called Maledek and uh, chose to take a body there, and as a result of which, he admits that he became very favorable to the human condition. He enjoyed himself probably a little too much and um, stopped being so interested in his more mystical side and became a little more interested in the human side of his existence, and that began his lifetimes.
0: Hmm. How interesting. Is he, He's... I remember, and I want to get into you, but I just want to say I remember from quite a while back when I studied from many, many tapes uh, that he did a lot of sounds. He made a lot of sounds and body movements and so on. It was very, very transcendent material, wasn't it?
1: Amazing. Amazingly so. In fact, this last weekend we just had an event, and in reviewing the DVDs, um, he, at one point he looks like this mystical dancer. He does a form of... Tai Chi, which is called Chi, and he makes uh, sounds. Um, I think some of the sounds are uh, more mystical in nature or mantric, you know, in nature, Sanskrit in nature. Some of them mm-hmm. he combines, and then some are just sounds. And then he mm-hmm. also uses movement to move the ki or the shakti or the chi, whatever word people like to use for energy. Um, around and through people and in people and uh, anyway, watching the DVDs from this past weekend's event amazed me to see oh, how fluid it. he is.
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, boy, it's hard to know which way to go. There's just so much material here. What? Why did he come? Uh, I know you and I spoke briefly about. Uh, like the world's political situation, economic things, and I was thinking about how, um, well, a- anyway, why did he come? Because this is a turning point time. We're supposed to be kind of speeding up our our, uh, our evolution, our awakening, and so on, in order to awaken more on the planet, are we not? Is that his This is a, that's
1: a great question and a really great point, Veronica, and I'm so happy that you're educated to that because I think that's so important that people be informed of that. This is um, considered in Kashmir Shaivism, which is sort of the path we study with Um, Mahfou. It's it's the time of the Kali Yuga. It's the time of the goddess. And uh, what's believed about this time is that it's a time when the most ignorant, thankfully for people like me, are able to evolve ourselves into a recognition of our own divinity and especially the divinity within others, therefore reflecting back to ourselves our own divinity. And this is a time that most yogis of every lifetime have spent lifetimes to earn. We have an opportunity, those of us who don't necessarily have the karma, we have been invited through the Dharma of such beings as His Holiness the Dalai Lama or most recently uh, Attain Mahatsamadhi, His Holiness the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Uh, these great beings, through their invitation, um, we have been invited into their Dharma of self-realization. And mm-hmm. so you and I talked earlier Starting in the early 1900s, with um, Swami Sri Yuktishwar and his disciple Swami Parmananda Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, pardon me, um, the United States Senate began investigating um, the intrigue of Eastern philosophy into the Western culture and. I lovingly, you know, I'm a great patriot of this country, and when I say patriot, I mean an individual who believes in peace on Earth, freedom, health, and life on Earth for all living beings. And I appreciate so much that this country allows me and all others to practice the spirituality of our choice. Um, I think it's fascinating that our own uh, congress uh, has uh, they maintain a, a sort of an organization within them of psychics that help really? Yeah, that help to recognize the changes as they happen be- long before they happen, long before most people um, in in sort of who sort of read or live their daily lives might even know about them. And so, you know, I've always been privileged to understand that um, so many things that we are going through right now are being so sped up, not for the purpose of destruction, but rather for the purpose of inclusion and the opportunity to work with beings from beyond this world, although third-dimensional and beings from beyond the third dimensional realm as well, and how many... Which is very exciting, and it's something I really it, want to It is very again. exciting, Veronica. I agree with you, and it's, it's a privilege to participate in the very small way that I do with a, a tremendous group of people who um, I have the privilege to study beside uh, up here in Oregon and who fly in from all over the world, but... Um, it 's a very it 's such an exciting time and it 's such a time for transition but it 's not a frightening time it 's not the kind of transition that a lot of people in unfortunately in the new age and in and in uh, a lot of extremist um, societies want to call for This is not going to be a time of destruction this really isn't it 's a time of Great transition for sure, and great evening for sure. But it's not the end of all time. Do you think there's it's a actually polarity actually the going on? I
0: really, I'm sorry. You Do you think there's a strong polarity going on, like that? That there's going to be kind of a crunch over this year?
1: I, I didn't catch a, a what?
0: Well, there's a lot, of, a lot of beings who say that the uh, the dark and the light are going to meet this year.
1: Yeah, you know, I know. Um, what's interesting is I'm sort of in a very unique position, obviously being an ecclesiastical leader of our organization. Um, I get a lot of information from different organizations, and uh, and I get asked that question a lot. I, I think the dark and the light has always met, mm. and um, I I I believe what I study. And that, and, and that is true for me. I'm, and I'm not demeaning anyone else's philosophy, but for me, what I study is that this is actually a time and a year of unity. And I don't believe that unity is handed to us. I believe it is something we do together. But Mm -hmm. I believe, I truly believe that love transcends darkness and light transcends darkness and I truly believe that this year and next year especially, these two years, there will be revelations of goodness never ever known before on our planet. This is, you know, Veronica, when you and I think about it, this is the first time ever in the world that impoverished people are being taken care of in in numbers that, of course, we would love to see everyone fed and everyone medically cared for and everyone given water, and that is coming. But right now, today, as you and I sit here, it's more than ever before. And so the people that cry out doom, whether they are fundamentalists, New Agers or fundamentalist Christians or fundamentalists whatever, they are not, for me, a reality of truth except in their experience. I I truly believe they experience great suffering. But I am experiencing so much energized shifting into life in people that don't even study with me but with whom I have the privilege to have conversations with that are great leaders in their own organizations or within different governments and different spiritual teachers. There are tremendous shifts of light Occurring, And these are the shifts that I think for me on my path and with the people I uh, study with and practice with and certainly what Mafu teaches, what we focus upon are these great universal laws that produce that momentum that allows the shift of light to completely overwhelm any darkness. I, I truly believe the darkest times are behind us. And I wanted to say one last thing about that, because um, you and I had talked about it earlier. Obviously, I'm in a position to have some understandings that I can't always share, but I can say this. Whatever face people put on the devil, or on the darkness, or on hell, or uh, the shadow government, really is in the shadows it really isn't the people that we like to look at and go that's the monster because darkness works best when we're not looking because when we look we're beings of love bronca i can feel your heart and i can Mm -hmm. feel your soul and that's why i was so happy to speak with you you're a being of love Mm -hmm. and when you look light happens and goodness happens and so darkness kind of happens where we're not looking and that's why mm-hmm. I think it's such an important time of unity in the New Age world we've been given this gift do you remember that movie the sphere with Sharon Stone and Dustin Hoffman and there was no, a, I don't
0: think I saw it
1: yeah it was a, the sphere from outer space supposedly came to the bottom of the ocean Anyway, anyone who went to it, whatever was going on in them got like uh, accelerated. So people who had fears, their fears got accelerated. But people of goodness and of heart, th- those things became accelerated. And I think mm-hmm. that this year and next year, as we genuinely experience ourselves uh, even happier, even kinder, Showing more tolerance. The Dalai Lama just spoke today. He said, if my own people are going to uprise in violence, I will step down. And I thought that was an amazing statement. And I read on uh, to read the full AP report, and he said, I can only support kindness and tolerance, even if we are being oppressed. And I think that the more... Goodness, we see; the more goodness we will see, and I think well, that darkness the will mazu, always the attempt to get through. But I don't think it. I, I think the the darkest times have happened. I know that's not a popular opinion, but it is my experience, and it is the conversations that I have with the great leaders that I get the opportunity to speak with.
0: Wonderful. And Mafu said in one of the in this DVD that I have. Uh, Something that you, this is is, the same thing you're saying, it's a different reiteration, which is that everyone that if you see a leader that you don't like or you don't trust and so on, it's again a reflection of what's inside, and that's where we go to heal that, and then we see with a higher light. Is that right? You know, that's such a, I'm, I'm so appreciative to talk to
1: you today, Veronica. I have to tell you, One of the things that I wrote down that I wanted to say to you was, um, you know, uh, people like to look at Dick Cheney, and he's a great example of people who who look at. We can often look at him, and we can think, what are his ulterior motives, and what is he really doing? What we do at our ashram is we look for the sameness in everyone. Anything we can find that we can say, okay, we're the same. Right now. And mm-hmm. just a few months ago, he went to the hospital. He needed help. He was in a very serious situation. And we uh, made a prayer circle for him, as we do for anyone who asks for prayer. And mm-hmm. we prayed for what was so important to him, which was that he lived through um, a very dire situation he was in. And he also has a lesbian daughter who, with her partner, has had a child. These are the same things that we can find in common with him from my point of view in which I can say in this part I can reach out to this man in love. In this Mm. I can extend my soul and say to you take the love in my soul because you love your daughter when it's not popular to do so and take Mm. my soul because you wanted to live. So take a part of my love I offer that peace to you and what I want... What I want for him, what I want for President Bush, Uh, Mafu said it, and it was so brilliant. He said, what does it matter to us who is known for bringing peace? It doesn't matter. All that matters is peace. And so what Mm -hmm. does it matter who is known for bringing love? It doesn't matter. I truly, truly believe with all of my heart that irrespective of what attempts to go on behind our backs here or there overwhelmingly if we can hold on to love and if we can hold on to the power of love and the gift of the universal laws that have been given to us in this century from the east and use this gift as it's intended to and and just let our fears be behind us like mafas taught me as golden white footsteps coming out of it and let our past be behind us and be in an absolute self-approval and the approval and the forgiveness of others to forgive America for its mistakes and the harm and, and, and actually the destruction it's caused. Forgive others for the harm and destruction that they've caused because it doesn't matter to me anymore who or what. It matters that there is peace, that there is life, that there mm. is love. And I love, I love that you and I just got to talk about that. I appreciate right, that wonderful. so much.
0: Well, then on a little bit more of a trite level or a more of a third-dimensional level, do you believe that the tide is changing? As you said, the next two years, the tide is changing? Because many times we're hearing lately, and I even hear it from my own guidance, that it's time for us to move very swiftly into our mastery of selves and releasing. It's time to move collectively and very swiftly. What do you say to that? When you mean collectively and
1: swiftly into
0: ourselves,
1: are you speaking of into ourselves as a state of recognition and experience of ourselves as a divine being and as others as a divine being?
0: Exactly, that's exactly it. And also being able to master, for example, the universal laws in the face of what might be a fear-inducing situation, but instead of going into the fear part is into the clearing and back into personal mastery. Exactly. Does that make sense?
1: I think it makes perfect sense, and I think your guides are completely right. And what I would call clearing, um, Mm -hmm. or what you just used as clearing, I would call the law of self-approval. It is the very first law of the universal laws, before you get to the law of the power of attraction, which can work, but it can really work if you have the power of the law of self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others, self-love, self-approval, and the love and approval of others, or seeing God in all things, and, and really seeing it, feeling it, and experiencing it, and making it very, very important, the most important thing that we do. And then the next thing I think is the law of conviction, which we also study, which is there's a phenomenal, phenomenal part of the limbic system of the brain, which doesn't, it doesn't make decisions, it just sort of reacts. It just Mm -hmm. kind of reacts from all of our karmas or samskaras or training in this lifetime. And so it's entering into that part of our brain and becoming absolutely convinced that what is so important to me, to you, to everyone, is life and peace and kindness and goodness and health and food and clean water and clean air on earth for all living beings. I make that a personal conviction, and most of the spiritualists I know do as well. We certainly all make personal convictions as well as our own, uh, of our own bringing out the very best in ourselves, or some people want to be able to relax or whatever, but but making it a, a con- understanding there is a law there's an actual law in the universe called the, the conviction phenomena and then after that comes the law of attraction that's mm-hmm. when what we attract there's nothing in the way there's no self doubt in the way to attract it right that's how you and i, I agree came with together that you and mm-hmm. i came together because there was no doubt in my mind at all of what a perfect spiritual being you are and are continuing to become and how important the people that you love and who listen to you and love you are to me and how much I care. And so it was, there was nothing in my way at all to, to make this an important time between you and I and everyone, just like it wasn't in your way because you obviously practiced the law of what you call clearing or self, what I call self-approval. And then after mm-hmm. that comes the law of gratitude or of great thanks for the opportunities to, to have goodness and peace on earth. And then the law of momentum starts to take over, and that goodness starts to take over. And what we see is that no matter what, it doesn't matter that we've had eight years of what felt like falling down. What matters is that we have great leaders rising up who, in spite of what it may look like, want to bring this country back to being a country that helps other countries and that has a reputation for being helpful and good and kind. And ultimately, that's what we're going to see. But we're going to see it on a much greater scale with, with all world leaders. I, I'm, I think your listeners, I know the people I study with, the other people I talk with, I, I know that the joy of knowing that and of understanding that letting go of the fear that people, some people use to control other people by by saying, oh, this or oh, that, but recognizing that the, the love and the peace and the kindness and the self-approval, that is what will make not only ourselves stronger, but our communities, our states, our countries, and ultimately our world a place of light. And I do believe, I agree with you, I think that the next two years are a very sped-up time and a very important time for self-realization.
0: Talk about your center. I really love what you said, and it will resonate for a while before I comment. But let's talk about your center, because you have two things there. You have a Center for Meditative Studies, Foundation for Meditative Studies. You also have an animal rescue center called the... Oregon Sanctuary? Tiger
1: Sanctuary.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking
1: about that. It's actually the birthday of Raja and Tara, who are sort of my tiger gurus, and yes. um, uh, they they taught me peace. And um, um, the Oregon Tiger Sanctuary, we founded it in 1991. Uh, we started rescuing neglected performing animals, animals that were going to be euthanized or animals that were being abused. We work with the um, Fish and Wildlife here in this state to assist in passing laws. Uh, We were named number one by the USDA for private sanctuary this year. Years prior to that, we were always number three, but that's still pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We spend a great deal of time educating the public that exotic animals are very important in the ecostructure of the world. So, so, you're working mostly with exotic animals. We work mostly with exotic animals. We have some domestic animals that got have been dropped off, or um, uh, I'm sort of the the gatherer, collector that <laughs> that bring brings brings up to the uh, OTS, the Oregon Tiger Sanctuary, the animals that are in need. Um, We place a lot of animals. We sort of work sometimes as a a vessel to help place animals that are exotics uh, that need placement who have been in service in the medical industry. Um, We have one baboon who gave her life um, and was injected with breast cancer. She still lives with us, but she gave her life for breast cancer research, and I, I certainly have my own feelings about animal research. Nonetheless, I choose to do what I can to be helpful, and uh, Samantha lives with us and will live out her life on green grass and uh, not in a small cage or being euthanized. She served this country, many countries very well, and so we have a lot of primates and big cats and some domestic animals. How
0: how many animals do you
1: have? Um, We have, uh, I think, around 69 animals. Whoa, that's a lot. That is a lot. And we have a tremendous How many
0: tigers do they have in Oregon? (laughs) You know,
1: unfortunately, there are are a number of illegal tigers uh, all over this country. So we work to help Hmm. the USDA assist people in um, acquiring correct housing for those animals and correct food, uh, housing so that those animals are not in danger and people are not in danger and the correct kind of food so the animal can have uh, the kind of nutrients it needs and the kind of space it needs in its caging. Um, We've also helped to assist stopping canned hunts, which are where they take animals that have been owned by people, exotics, and then they let them out of a cage, and then a hunter pays $10,000 and shoots them. Um, We actually have shut down 24 um, canned hunt sites, and so we're very, very blessed in our work. Um and I'm I'm so deeply appreciative that you asked about the Oregon Tiger Sanctuary. Most of the people that work there have worked there since nineteen ninety one and they're a tremendous group of individuals. And like I said, today's a, a birthday, it's kind of the birthday month for a lot of the animals for some reason. And um today's a very special birthday up at the Oregon Tiger Sanctuary. And so uh, everybody was very celebratory today.
0: Oh wonderful. And so uh, what are they like? I mean, does it take a lot of rehabilitation to get them to feel safe or is there any of they just kind of move in and it's fine or what? Thank you for asking that
1: question. You know, it depends, first of all, on the age of the animal and what they've gone through. Animals, Mm -hmm. exotic animals, are a lot like human beings in that um, they have that subconscious trigger. You know, they have that reactive mind, so they may see a keeper who has dark hair and remember when they were beaten by someone with dark hair and they might have a reaction to that keeper. And we have a system um, that uh, we've worked on, actually we worked on for years and years until we got to a place where uh, the USDA has actually used our sanctuary's guidelines with a lot of uh, the teachings that they do. We're very blessed to have worked with Dr. Lori Gage, who worked with Marine World until Marine World sold out and became for profit. And um, then we helped her uh, in the placement of some of the animals she was able to place um, uh, away from what then turned into a theme park. And um, we also took some of the animals from Marine World at that time and placed them at our place. And when they come in, they go through kind of a detox, emotional period of time. We spend a great deal of time earning their trust Almost every animal there is not an animal that can be handled. They come, you know, way too late in life to be handled. But they can all be worked with um, to a point of trust and joy. And they all have very spacious cages. We're very blessed to have great benefactors. And um, they have great lives. And then on birthday days like today, they, they eat a particular diet that is designed for animals in captivity to make sure their bones and their muscles stay strong. In fact, we have one of the few remaining living Bengal, full-bred Bengal tigers whose great-grandmother came over from India, unfortunately, but um, nonetheless she came over, and Jai Jai, who used to be at Marine World, just turned 22 last week, and she's one of the oldest living tigers in the country, in Mm -hmm. the world, in the, uh, the wild, I think they say they live to be about between 11 to 13 because they have to, of course, fight for territory and food. And in captivity, they usually live between 17 and 19. And jai, jai is 22, and, um, and, and she's actually going strong. And uh, <laughs> so there is, a, there is a readjustment period, just like a human being going onto a spiritual path. There's an adjustment time in which you have to kind of say, I'm safe. And so the animals and come to a release of us. trauma from the past. Too. Exactly. They just have to mm-hmm. say, okay, you know, I'm safe now. I can relax. Mm. And it's an amazing thing to watch. Of course, we wish we could rehabilitate and return to the wild, but um, with the exception of one cougar that Fish and Wildlife placed with us, every other animal was born and bred in a cage, and cannot be re-released into wild territories. And Fish and Wildlife placed a cougar with us that they believe was wild bred, but it was caught near a school um, uh, near the Idaho border, and um, uh, the choice was to euthanize the cougar or take the cougar, and so they placed the cougar with us, and we call him Wild Man, and he got a great benefactor who we were able to build an enormous cage for him, so he really kind of thinks he's still in the wild, Wow. It's (laughs) a beautiful place. I hope you come sometime soon so I can give you a tour.
0: I would love that. That, We were just thinking about doing that. Yeah. You don't have any elephants, do you? We were were actually
1: asked if we would take elephants, but there's a tremendous elephant uh, rescue sanctuary in Los Angeles, so we were able to place them there. Elephants require um, the kind of housing and environment that... We would not be able to provide very easily here in Oregon because of the snow. Ah. But elephants are tremendous beings, aren't they? Pardon me? Elephants are tremendous beings.
0: Aren't they wonderful? Yes. And uh, they have such a community consciousness as well. I guess most animals do, but I'm just learning about all that.
1: Actually, you know, tigers don't have community consciousness. They're, They're solo beings except when it's mating time. And, um, but the lions, we have several different prides of lions, um, and I say several different prides because um, each of the male lions we have truly believe they are the alpha male, so we hmm. could never put them together and create one big pride or you know, one of them would have to dominate everyone else and someone would die, and that's not at all what we want. So we're blessed that we have benefactors that have helped us create environments so we can have uh, the four different prides of lions that we have. And uh, we found a veterinarian who would circumcise the men, the male uh, lions. So, um, not circumcise, I'm sorry, do, um, what's it called? When they go into the testy and um, uh, a vasectomy. Vasectomy. So they would go in and do a vasectomy because if you remove... If you, um, demasculate a a lion, they lose all their hair, a male lion. They look like a girl. So, anyway, so the male lion still gets to think he's mating and still gets to be the head of the pride, but, um, we, we don't, we don't breed and produce babies at our facility as a sanctuary. And so we have these great prides of lions that make unbelievable sounds and our remarkable teachers about living within a community.
0: Oh wow. That's a wonderful. Well, um we're going to run up out of time and I just wonder if you'd like to close with perhaps a uh, uh meditation or uh some commentary about uh for people about mastering, you know, whatever we've been talking about is that uh, I want to remind people that they can take charge. So maybe you have a meditation or something you could share. You know,
1: Veronica, thank you for that. I I think that the greatest gift I can offer to anyone is to recognize that this is a time in which transition is occurring, but it is a safe time. It is a safe time to forgive yourself, to forgive everyone else, and to find self-approval and self-love. It's a safe time to become absolutely convinced that you make a difference, that one person stopping for one moment and thinking about anyone and thinking, I want the very best for you, sends out an energetic vibration, a phenomenal energetic sensation into the universe and changes everything at an atomic and subatomic level. If I can offer uh, your listeners anything, I will tell you the most traditional meditation we do is a breathing technique and the sound hum, H-U-M, sa, S-A-U. And we breathe in, hum, and we breathe out, sa. And we do that for a period of time until the body becomes balanced, because when you first start breathing, hum up and sow out and relax in your shoulders. You can kind of lose your breath and you get very excited. But pretty soon you start to relax, and it's at that time that I would love to share with you and all of your listeners and repeat for myself and my own conviction It's at that time when you get in that very special place that we can start saying the words, I always love myself and I always bring the very best of me today to everyone and I always receive the very best of everyone to me today and I always love that I live and I. Always seek peace on earth for all living beings. And these are the kinds of statements, the kinds of relaxations that we do, and certainly we go beyond that. But really, that's how we start every meditation, Veronica, for the most advanced and the most beginning student. And it's how we end every meditation, with self-love. And I really appreciate you asking me about
0: that and me being allowed to share that with you. Well, I'm going to practice it, and I'm sure the listeners are. Now, can you give your, your uh, your uh, what am I trying to say, your address, your email address, or not your email address, your website? The website, I think the website is
1: www.foundationformeditativestudies.org
0: you're absolutely right. I'm reading it right now. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> I'm just, i I'm blessed that my husband is a computer geek, and so I get to just click on a little thing on my computer. <laughs> but, um, I actually <laughs> well, I have a partner who's a sound man. Huh? We, have a, we have a prayer temple on the website. I invite all of your uh, listeners to go to. We have an amazing group of people who none of us even know you know, that go to it and uh, ask for someone they want to have be prayed for. You can um, put your name in as anonymous. You don't even have to put your name into the prayer temple. Um, uh, Anyway, I administrate that prayer temple. I check it about eight times a day and I pray. We have a group of people called the Mastery Program who also functions in our prayer temple to pray the prayers of other people, and um, we really have this tremendous group of people that are the foundation for meditative studies. And I'm, I'm privileged to uh, be its spokesperson, but um, I'm actually sort of humbled by most of them because many of them have been meditating much longer than me and were very patient with me to find my own spiritual awakening, Veronica, and find my own place of peace and um, there, I, I think that anyone going to the foundation's website can find something phenomenal. There's a place where we have a quote of the day from Mafu, but you don't have to be a student of Mafu's. The wisdom is so eclectic and it's just so for everyone and again and the, the prayer temple is so, is so available.
0: And the radiance is very high and wonderful.
1: Yours is too,
0: Veronica. What a, what a pleasure
1: to meet you and call you now my friend. I, I you, really appreciate goodness. meeting you, and I hope that one day you do come to visit, and I would love for you to give a talk at, at our uh, ashram and, and lead a meditation, and I think that you would find the people there wonderful, and I'd love to take you
0: around the Tiger Sanctuary. Thank you. Amaji, I am so honored to have you here, and I've enjoyed the show so much. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I have as well. God and Goddess bless you and everyone who listens to you. Thank you. Namaste.
0: Namaste. Well, that was a wonderful, wonderful time with Mahfu's channel, Amaji, whose name is actually Swami Paramananda Saraswati wonderful, wonderful woman, and I'm looking up more information on the Foundation for org. This is Veronica Entwistle saying thank you so much for tuning in. You know what? If you're not on my email list, email me, Veronica at VeronicaEntwistle, no H in com, and I'll let you know, because I send out a little flyer saying who's coming up. I love this. I love you all, and I approve of myself and you, and that's what we're all learning at this time. So many, many blessings and much love to you all. Good night.